Oh, it works. Thank you. Hello, beautiful people. Hello. Hello. Um, I just really want to get drunk tonight before I say anything. So, um, anyways, how's everybody? Good. Blessed. Highly favored. Highly favored. Highly favored. Flavored. Flavored. You're the salt of the earth. Good evening. <laughs> um, my name is Kat Sinon. Um, for those of you who don't know me, for those of you who do know me, my ha- name hasn't changed. I'm still Kat Sinon. That's me, and these are my slides that I was working on. Um, um, a couple years ago, as many of you know, I, um, I was at home for about a year, um, stuck with this small thing called cancer. Um, and while I was recovering, um, you have lots of time to just like lay in bed and just talk to the Lord because there's nothing to do when you're just resting. And um, the Lord had just been kind of loving me through this situation where he, he was reminding me of all these things that I used to love doing and now somehow my life or, or work just got in the way. And he said, you know what, if money wasn't an issue for you, what would you do? And he, I completely ignored it the first time, and then he said it again. He says, you know, if money wasn't an issue for you, what would you do? And immediately, the first thing I said was, I want to be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I, want to, I want to sing backgrounds, background vocals, um, and I, I want to sing with a band. Anyway, so in, that, in the time of just... Um, recuperating from surgery and, and going through chemo, I watched a lot of television. I love Animal Planet. I just watch loving animals. Just, I've watched, I love watching animals. And um, this commercial would always come on like every 15 minutes, and it was the Disneyland um, commercials. I love Disneyland. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Disneyland, but I love Disneyland. And when you're sick, all you want to do is go to Disneyland. And so I um, would watch the TV like all the time. And they had this contest that year in 2007 um, called the Year of uh, the Year of Million uh, the Year of a Million Dreams. And they had drawings where if you send in a postcard, you can put yourself in a drawing to get like tickets and and like little prizes here and there. So I must have bought like a stack of like 150 postcards because I had nothing better to do. I couldn't go to Disneyland because I was unable to physically. And so I put in a ton of postcards in the mail and within like six months, I get this box in the mail and um, it's from Disney. And I open it up. I'm thinking these are like my two free tickets. Only I found out later on in the year that the only way you could get actually to get the two free tickets is if you were at the park to begin with, and then you enter in your ticket. So instead, what they were giving to the people that didn't go to the park was all these other prizes. Well, I opened up the box, and I got these ears. And um, it says, where dreams come true, the year of a million dreams. And I thought, where are my tickets? <laughs> you know? Where are my tickets, Lord? You know what I'm thinking? Come on, man. I'm suffering. I just got hit by the enemy, and I want to get back. I want my tickets. Anyways, turn it on the back, and the... Um, the back of the hat says, live your dream. So um, anybody listening on the podcast, I got these mouse ears, and the color of the mouse ears are blue, which is the color of revelation. And on the back of the mouse ears, it says, live your dream. 
And I was so stuck on not being able to get the tickets that I just kind of was like, oh, this is cute. Thank you, Lord, for cheering me up. But I really kind of just put it to the side. Well, six months later after that, because I, I was still putting in, the, I was putting in the postcards even after I got this because I wanted a better price. I got this again in six months. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. I think I'm listening. And same thing, I got, I got, a, I got mouse ears, same kind, blue with live your dream on the back of it. And flash forward to last month, I had to have Comcast fix my cable. And I'm going to talk to the guy trying to figure out what he's doing with all the little cable things. And his, head's, his, his head is um, towards me, and he's wearing a hat. And on the back of the Comcast hat, it says dream big. So anyhow, tonight what um, Pastor Brent wanted me to talk about was making making moves towards your dreams and towards your destiny. And so I wanted to actually talk about that in light of our, some of our Blazing Fire core values. One of the Blazing Fire core values that we have is giving the Holy Spirit complete freedom to do whatever he wants to do. And I think sometimes I've limited that to just what he wants to do in worship. Like, you, as many of you know, like, once you come here, you see a lot of freedom. People can dance. People can wave flags. They can do whatever they want in worship. Um, but I also feel like the Holy Spirit wants to get out of the Christian box. And that means that our core values doesn't, it's not confined to just blazing fire. Like, Holy, we want to give Holy Spirit complete freedom to do whatever he wants wherever we walk. Whether it's at work, whether it's if you're a teacher, you're at school, if you're a student, if, if you're a housewife, whoever you are, wherever you're at, where God's placed you, we want the Holy Spirit to have complete permission to do whatever he wants. Um, another core value that we have is seeing the treasures in one another and causing each other to soar into our destinies. And if you've been here a while, you'll see that a lot of people, they, they, we want to pull out the treasures from people and we want to see them come to life in people. And lastly, um, another core value um, that's tied in with what we're going to talk about is partnering with God to change history. And so how we do that here, um, as far as accomplishing those core values, is, as you know, we cultivate an atmosphere of worship and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Um, We equip the body of Christ with tools that won't just identify the treasures in people, but we also have tools um, in way of ministry where we can actually identify the spiritual clutter that keeps those treasures from coming out. And one good example is um, the Folklore's ministry or the Lord's ministry through the Folklore's um, Sozo ministry. It's a great ministry because I've seen so many people go to that ministry and their eyes are um, open wider to, to why, why certain things weren't possible for them and now they are. Um, and lastly... As far as um, partnering with God, we want to empower and encourage the body to take tangible steps towards God in fulfilling their destiny. So, I don't think I really ever heard of the whole destiny thing um, until I got to Blazing Fire. And it seems like destiny lately has been kind of this buzzword, like, ooh, like that word, destiny. And it was kind of like this thing where... I think some of us, including myself, we saw something like way out there, just like way out there, and it's like it'll happen some, somewhere in the future. But I want to actually demystify the word destiny. Ooh, I love graphics. Um, 
cite Wikipedia. Wikipedia calls destiny or defines destiny as um, a predetermined course of pre, I'm sorry, a predetermined course of events. It may be conceived as a predetermined future, whether in general or of an individual. It is a concept based on the belief that there is a fixed natural order to the cosmos. Ooh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And even more specifically, if you're a child of God, God has something to say about your destiny. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's NIV. (laughs) The mess... (laughs) I love the graphics. I love it. I get, actually, Holy Spirit wanted me to wear this. So I wouldn't take myself so seriously. Um, for those listening, I am wearing, I am wearing the, the, the mouse ears that say dream. Yeah, live your dream. Uh, the message version says, no, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does the good work he has gotten ready for us to do. That's the message. Whoa. <laughs> um, the version I liked was in the Amplified Version. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus that is born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live and so what this is as we try to uh, process what exactly we have to do in order to walk out our destiny whoa (laughs) Um, responding to the call of God in our life is all about Cultivating a prophetic culture as opposed to a prophetic ministry. Now, we, we love prophetic ministry. It's great. It's a vehicle to encourage people. It's a, it's a vehicle to call out the treasures in people. But we don't want the prophetic ministry to actually be the only vehicle by which people get their fill of the Holy Spirit or people um, develop their relationship with the Holy Spirit. We want people to go directly to the Holy Spirit for walking out their prophetic um, gifts, their, their, their calling. And so there is a difference between actually cultivating a prophetic culture versus a ministry. A ministry is just, the prophetic ministry is all about you say something, somebody receives it, and that's kind of the end of it. But a prophetic culture is we speak the word out. It has life to it, and somebody lives that out. And so ideally... <laughs> What we would like to see is, um, as, as you process a prophetic word, or even just dreams that you've had as a kid, maybe it wasn't a prophetic word that you got, there are a lot of, um, a lot of people that they, they didn't get a big prophetic word, quote unquote, but they're living out dreams that they knew were inside of them, even before they could see it for themselves, is you have the process of you get the prophetic word, you hear the word, you judge the word, and you respond to God in a tangible way, in agreement with what he says through God's people. And so, really, if you break it down, it's, you know, Holy Spirit initiates with you and uses the body of Christ. 
your spirit receives that word. And ideally, we'd like you to ask the Holy Spirit, inquire of the Lord, and also inquire with other friends that are moving in the Holy Spirit, that are, that are having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, so they can hear with you what the Holy Spirit is saying about you. And then we want you to take steps by the Holy Spirit's guidance and make decisions in response to that word. And that's a kingdom principle. It's ask, Holy Spirit, give me a word. We know that. We see a lot of people coming, I need a word, I need a word. That's ask. Um, you process that word by asking questions with your friends, asking the Holy Spirit, and that's seeking. And then eventually, you start knocking. And I found it really interesting. I was doing a word study on the ask, seek, and knock. And knock, I, don't, I remember the, um, the original Greek, but the, the definition of knock in the original Greek is to strike. So it's not like this little... Tap, 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 okay, nobody's listening. It's let me in, let me in, right? And that's what the kingdom is, right? The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men and women lay hold of it, right? So, whoa. So I actually wanted to focus on that part, the taking the steps um, in response to your words or things that your friends have said about you all along, but you just kind of dismissed it. But before I forget... I wanted to actually bring up um, a resource that the Women of Destiny, which is the the group that um, I had the pleasure of watching these amazing women just blossom into their calling. Um, And this resource is called I Am a Dream, and it's by um, a woman named Valerie Greco from Bethel. And it's a great tool. It talks about just reasons why... um, we feel the way we do and why we, we can't make steps. And, and she actually does a really good job in just making you think, just having the freedom to think in, in a healthy way. Like, what are some God-given talents that you have? And so I um, felt like I was supposed to give this to somebody who... Um, does anybody have a birthday on December 25th? December 23rd. 23rd? Do you think you'd like this? Okay. I'll give this to you. So, um, just to tell you a story about, yay. So, Lord, we just bless her grandson, God, that that, that book would totally take him to a new place with you. Um, so, as I was saying, so I wanted to actually concentrate on the, the knocking part where you actually take steps and, and you partner with God to beat down the door of your destiny that's closed because people are, the, the, the heavens are waiting for you to just bust the door down. Um, but I felt like I wanted to share just a history about that book. When I um, was at a conference in 2009 with um, a couple of amazing women here, we went to um, Pasadena and, and Graham Cook was um, speaking, and he was talking about having accountability groups. And back in the day, whenever people ever talked about accountability groups, it was always kind of like, they want to make sure that you don't sin. They want to make sure that you stay within the lines, that you don't fall away. But he said something really interesting to me. He said, you know, I'm in accountability groups with my closest friends. And he goes, they make sure that 
I don't just read my words, but I'm actually doing something about the things that have been spoken over my life. And something, like I was paying attention, but then something just rose up in me, and the Holy Spirit goes, I want you to assemble a group of people. And this is going to be a time of rediscovery for them. And then that's all he gave me, and I said, I'll do it. But I had no idea, I had no idea what I was getting into. I had never done any type of small group. And I just was like, I'll do it. Like, and then I started thinking about it. And the wheels started turning in my head, like, why did I say yes? And <laughs> but I took steps. I took steps with what little I knew. And I said, Russ, I, I think this is something that I'm supposed to do. I have no idea. And I, I just honor Russ and Susan just for modeling, um, just modeling what leadership should look like. Just they're for you. They, they totally love you. And they just want to see the best come out of you. And one of the, the cool things that Russ and Susan did was just walk me through the whole thought process. They didn't just like give me the answer and want to like walk away. But um, one of the coolest things that um, they suggested is, well, okay, you need a core group. And I was like, okay, okay, that, that sounds good. Because I, I just, I had no idea what I was doing. And um, so one by one, I felt like the Lord was calling a couple people to, um, to be part of the core group. And then I started freaking out because I'm like, what are we, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, I have no curriculum, Lord. And I'm driving down the freeway, and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then he's like, okay, why don't you assemble the core group together and just talk about your vision? And so they came over. We had lunch. And I'm still freaking out, like, how am I going to do this? And like it, God uses like it. And she goes, you know, it's not enough to just talk about your prophetic words and your destiny. And I'm like, I totally agree, but I need a tool. And she pulls out this book. She pulls out the I Am a Dream book. And I'm like, that's totally what I'm looking for. <laughs> so God totally provided everything. And then on top of that, I was like, oh, shoot, I got to buy a bunch of books. I'm like, I want a discount. And so I called Bethel up. And I'm just like, um, I'm just wondering if maybe there's like a bulk discount because I have a lot of people in this small group that are going to want to learn from this book and we all want to take it together. Anyways, as soon as like I get done with a sentence, like the author's husband comes in and the lady on the other end at Bethel Bookstore goes, oh, the author's husband just came in. Let me get you. And so I got to talk with the author's husband. Long story short, I go to Bethel, I pick up the books, and I met the author. And so one by one, the Lord was trying to show me that as I just stepped out, even if I was freaked out, didn't know what I was doing, like stuff just came into my hands. Like I was planning all these different things, and like the stuff that I planned really didn't pan out. But when I was actually like weak, like he was strong. Like when I just came and what little I had, he just showed up. And so what's happened with this group is totally something completely different than what I ever envisioned. These women, they're not afraid to talk about their dreams. They're not afraid to talk about um, their fears and, and their obstacles. But the one thing that I've seen is these women are completely comfortable in their own skin to talk about the wonderful things that God's put in their life and how it's going to come out in the world, even, if, even though they don't know what it looks like yet. So... Did that make sense? Yes. Anyways, yeah, there was a... Um, but in the process of just um, studying with these women, there are a couple obstacles that, um, that we found were pretty common. And one of them, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this, is the fear of failure. And so what happens is you don't try anymore. The rejection, somewhere along the line, somebody rejected you. And so you completely hide. You just don't want to do anything. 
uh, past disappointments, so you lose hope, and then you don't trust yourself in making decisions. Uh, lack of money and resources, and I know that that's, that's a big one, especially in the times that we're living in. And so sometimes people don't step out in faith. Um, and I'm not talking about people that, that God's... T- wait, yeah, I don't want to make light of the situation of, of, um, of what's happening in the economy, but people where God actually is calling them out to take a step. I'm not talking about the ones that God's saying, you know, just wait. I'm talking about the ones that that are feeling like, you know, maybe God's doing a new thing and I'm just not ready to do it yet. Um, lack, uh, lack or loss of time so it doesn't become a priority to us. Spiritual warfare, and so we wind up playing things safe because we, we think about the backlash. Um, more, we think more about the backlash than the ter- territory we're taking. Um, lack of direction. I hear that a lot. Well, I don't know what my destiny is. And... Um, also, inactivity or stagnation in our response to God. We see that every now and then where people get the word and they just sit on it thinking God's just going to do it. And so, God has a response to that. Um, so, in terms of anybody who's afraid of failure, I have been afraid of failure, the Holy Spirit is our deposit as a guarantee that we will inherit the kingdom. That's Ephesians 1.14. So I was just thinking about it, and the Holy Spirit was trying to like, teach me in layman terms what that means. And I just, I just saw like a craps table in Vegas where all of the chips were going towards me. All the chips, I'm, I'm betting on that one. Like the odds are so great. Like they're not very good odds. And that's the thing about kingdom people is nobody in the natural would bet on us. We're not the most talented. We're not the most. And that's the thing is God's not looking for the most talented. He's not looking for the, the smartest. He's not looking for the most beautiful. He's looking for the most willing. And that's, that's the type of spirit that lives in us. We'll just do it. And so your Holy Spirit has, he is, he is God's guarantee. He's bet everything on you. He, it's kind of like everybody else is betting on the other guy, and the Holy Spirit is like, put me on them because I'm going to win. Okay, and that's you. Whoa. So, whoa. Rejection. He is for us. He is on our side. So who cares who is against us? That was the Catherine sign-on um, version. <laughs> Romans 8.31. Past disappointments. Philippians 3, I think it was supposed to be 3.13. Yeah, I put there. Philippians 3.13. Um, we want to be like Paul who says, I forget what lies behind me and I press on towards the goal. Whoa. Oops, I should have done that earlier. Oh. We're just enjoying the graphics. Lack of money. God said he would provide all of our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19, and not the the garage bargain that's, like, as if garage bargains, like, exist in heaven. We're going to get the best whenever we need it. Lack of time or lost time. He promises in Joel that he will make up for the years the locusts have eaten. Anything that the enemy has robbed, he's going to pay seven times, and he's going to accelerate Spiritual warfare, we have the full armor of God. If we put it on, we can stand against the devil's schemes. That's Ephesians 6.11. Lack of direction. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, 
walk in it. And so if you just take that small piece there, whether you turn to the right or the left, there's this connotation basically in, somebody had explained to me in the original Hebrew that it's not so much you stand there and you go, God, do I go here or do I go there? It's just actively partnering with the Lord, wandering. Actually, the, um, I think the verb means like wander, to wander. It's you get in this mode where you, you go, you just take steps and you're like, do I go here do I go here? And one of the translations, it says that even if you stray, the Holy Spirit will take you back on the path that you're supposed to be on. And so you can't lose. And these are, these, there's so many more scriptures. You guys know this. Um, but that's our guarantee. That's, that's God's response. Um, the last one, as far as inactivity or stagnation in our response to God, Matthew eleven twelve says the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and the forceful lay hold of it. Some translations say um, the violent lay hold of it. So it's this, this act of like force. It's this act of force of give me, give me what you promised me. And it's, it's not even, I mean, it's, it's under the reverence of the Holy Spirit and, and that sort of thing. But it's this active like rising up in the authority with the Lion of Judah on your side to get what's rightfully yours. So... Whoa. <laughs> so I was thinking about this, and um, somehow I just I felt like I needed to separate the things, the, some of the obstacles um, to our destiny in terms of what I can't control and what I can. And for the most part, failure, sometimes that's just going to happen. We can do the best you know, we can do the best that we can. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. And really, in the kingdom, there really isn't such a thing as failure if you try. If you quit or you don't do anything, that's failure. So another thing is you can't control it if somebody's going to reject you. We can't control other people. Um, Past disappointments, that stuff is in the past. Like, the only way they control us is if we still think they're in the present. Anyways, uh, I can't control money or resources. We know that now um, with just the whole banking crisis. Um, you, you, yeah, you have to, we have to put our foundation on the Lord. Um, time, time's just, it just keeps going. <laughs> it just, you can't stop that. Um, spiritual warfare. As long as you're walking with the Lord and as long as you keep stepping out, you're always, you're always going to get opposition because nobody, nobody down in the second heaven wants you to be re- revealed to the earth. And then I put direction. like, like a, I actually wanted to um, clarify direction because I also put it on I can control direction. You can't control external direction. Like let's say all of a sudden your company like all of a sudden ups and leaves. Like you can't control that kind of stuff. That's an external thing. But you can control internal direction, how you turn your face towards the Lord or, or if you turn away from the Lord in those circumstances. And lastly, the, the thing that I felt was um, something that all of us can control is even in all those things, the things that we can't control, we can control how we respond to God in each of those situations. And so the bottom line is how I respond to the Lord um, is, how, uh, is what influences how I'm going to walk out my destiny. So, whoa. <laughs> So I wanted to, oh, I have your book. There's a, another book that I wanted to, um, to 
to give. This is the other book that the Women of Destiny were working on at the beginning when we first started the group. And this is a book by Graham Cook. He's going to be here, so if you don't get this book, he's going to probably be selling it next week. So um, it's called Coming Into Alignment, and it's all about the way of a warrior that's led by the Holy Spirit. And warriors, they fight for their destiny. And so I felt like this was supposed to be for someone. Is there somebody that was born on Easter? Yes. Oh, but, okay. Oh, by the way, and women of the Women of Destiny group are, are not eligible for prizes tonight. So um, how about... Uh, Esther? Okay. Yay, Esther. I don't know how much time I got. Let's see. Okay. So, um, how do I respond to God regarding my dreams and my destiny? First thing you probably want to look at is what are you thinking about? Your thoughts? What, how do you feel about yourself? And how do you feel about your circumstances, your emotions? And um, you spawn through your actions. So my thoughts about myself, if you're somebody that's growing and you're kingdom-minded, what it would look like is you believe Matthew 5.14. This is, you are the light of the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's 1 John 4.4. 4. And basically, the, the bottom line is, even though you have obstacles, you can overcome those obstacles because God's giving you a way to do it, and his name is Holy Spirit. Um, so in Romans eight nineteen, this is my paraphrase, and this kind of hits me because like, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, who you truly are, it's already seen by heaven. It's already seen by heaven. But the thing is, that same identity has to be manifested in the earth because right now it's hidden. The reason we know that is because... All the earth is groaning right now. We know it's groaning right now because they're waiting for the sons and daughters to be revealed to the earth. Because when we can proclaim righteousness and justice, which is part of of the precepts of God's kingdom, the earth will get healed. So yeah, that's Romans 8, 19. That was Catherine's paraphrase again. Um, (laughs) Oh. And I wanted to actually address um, a verse that sometimes um, I've taken it out of context to the extreme, and maybe this will help somebody. Romans 12.3 in, in the NIV version, it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think, highly, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And that's Romans 12, 3. That's the NIV version. As God's messenger, I give each of you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. And that's the New Living Version. And so what struck me is I think whenever I heard that, it was kind of like, oh, I always had to put myself down. Or or whenever people would ask me like what I wanted to do with my life, I had to kind of just hide it or like make it sound like I'm not cocky or whatever. And so sometimes I think being Christians, we're so afraid of the whole, like we don't, we don't want to be prideful that sometimes we throw that verse out altogether. But really, 
If you don't think about yourself at all, that's not what this verse means. So this does not mean false humility. Not thinking of yourself at all doesn't mean think of yourself as not as highly as you ought. All it says is it's based on the faith that God's given you. Like, do you believe the things that God has made you to be? Um, but I think a lot of times we tend to err on the side of caution because we don't want to look like the cocky one. So I'm actually going to do something. I, I saw myself doing this, and I was finding the Holy Spirit. But um, I'm going to play roving reporter right now. And so I'm just going to go around the room. Yeah, can you? Um, in two seconds or less, I actually, I'm going to, uh, everybody close your eyes. And I want you to picture yourself, you're a kid, and um, you're learning how to swim. And some of you may have actually had this experience where you already kind of knew how to swim, but your dad or your mom wanted you to go to the deep end. Why don't you go to the deep end? And so you were afraid, and your Heavenly Father is just calling you out. He's scooting back a little bit more towards the deep end. He's not totally at the edge. And he's saying, just jump. And so, with your holiest of faith, I want you to jump. And down at the bottom, there's a key for you. And it says how heaven sees you. Okay. And so what Susan's going to do, we're going to go around to um, maybe like a couple of people. Yeah, raise your hand. Uh, we don't, yeah, just tell us like in one, one or two sentences, you don't have to make it a, a, a huge lecture, just one or two sentences, this is how my father sees me and I believe it. That sort of thing. So, Keep my eye on the prize. Good. Just keep my eye on the prize, knowing that I will be guided to accomplish what he's already Amen. predestined for me. Yay! Good one. Thanks, Susan. You are my shining star. Mm, that's good. World changer. That's good. There's deeper depths of my love than even the depth that you came to. Mm, that's good. Some more. Courageous. Mm, that's awesome. Explosive. Yes. That's good. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hmm. Amen. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's all of us. But especially for you. That's good. That's why it was hard to hear it. That's good. Fearless lover. Woo! Yeah, if you like any of these, grab them for you. Yeah. It's legal. It's all legal in the kingdom. There's enough for everybody. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's good. Chosen champion. Mm. Good. Uh, one more. Yeah. Here. 
prosperous and abundance and blessings. Amen. Yay, awesome. Give yourselves a hand. Yay. Go with Jesus. Um, I was just curious, was there anybody that um, felt like you actually saw something negative? And you don't have to share what it is. Like maybe you saw like a rock or you saw like loser or condemned. Anyways, I just maybe you don't have the courage to, yeah. Um, I want to encourage anybody who felt like it was even remotely um, non-biblical negative. Um, that's usually the Lord revealing something the enemy wants you to believe about yourself. And all you do is you proclaim the opposite spirit. And so if you saw this rock and it said hopelessness, you just say, I am full of hope. Or, or if you saw a rock or something down on the ground that said, I'm alone, you just say that all of heaven is accompanying me in everything I do. And I attract friends that the Lord wants me to have. Something like that. So just going in the opposite spirit because that's what prophetic culture does. Um, so, my thoughts about myself. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, I'm as a man or a woman thinketh, so is he or she. And so, I just want to um, challenge you this next week, um, and you can even come up to me at church. I actually want to hear um, what people, what kind of answers people get when um, you ask yourself, do I think of myself the way God thinks of me? And these are clues to your destiny, too. Um, have I considered what my friends see in me? A lot of times, some of the things that are completely our calling are things that, for whatever reason, we just don't see it, but our friends are always calling them out in us. Like, you'd be really good at writing books, or you'd be really good at, um, you know, whatever, speaking in front of people. Because that, that might be a, a clue to what your destiny is. And then I want to challenge people to get to the place where you're, you're asking yourself and you're asking the Holy Spirit, in my wildest dreams, what do I see myself doing? Um, the Holy Spirit wanted me to share this story. Um, but I, I hadn't realized that my thoughts actually influenced my outcomes. I didn't realize it until I came to Blazing Fire. Um, and one of the things that the Lord had reminded me of was that when I was in my 20s, I, I kind of was, uh, I was a late bloomer, and all my friends, they had been dating for a while. I hadn't dated anybody yet. And um, I was really afraid of men because I always thought that they would hurt me because I was molested when I was a kid. And so I kind of just hid, and, and I could have friends that were guys, but as far as the relationship, that was something completely foreign to me because I eventually, in the end, I just would always see somebody hurting me. And so, anyways, I meet this guy, and um, he wound up just being this really great guy. And one of my friends says, you know, this may be the way that the Lord heals you of your impression of men. And so that something came up alive in me. And it was weird. Like, you know when you're, in, when you're young and you're in love or you haven't had any bad experiences, you tend to dream more. And what the Lord had reminded me in the process of writing um, this talk up was that I had stopped dreaming, and he had played back in my head the things that I did when, when I actually became the official girlfriend of this guy. He was, he was an amazing guy. Um, I would actually daydream. I didn't know I was doing this, but I had realized later that the Holy Spirit was actually with me 
in my healing process and just I would pray and, and I'd get I'd get distracted. I'd get distracted, I'd stop like praying about things that I thought I should pray for, and I'd actually daydream about this man buying me flowers, this man totally being kind to me and showing me off to his friends. Because I had other friends who they had bad experiences with, with their boyfriends. And, but I, I found myself actually daydreaming. And he was, he was just an amazing guy. And he did all these things that I thought he'd do. It was the weirdest thing. And then I did this other guy, same thing, right before, right before the second guy. I'm not going to totally go in my dirty laundry or anything like that. But <laughs> for the sake of teaching purposes only, not for the sake of bringing out my whole dating life, I don't know why the Holy Spirit likes using like my personal life to make everybody laugh. But I remember telling the Lord, I said, I want to see you save somebody. I just want to see you save. I don't even know what, I, but I think you put it in me. And so I would just dream about that because I just wanted to know if I actually inspired people. Like, am I just this Christian that's just hanging on the earth, just waiting for heaven to show up? Um, and this guy, there was a guy, he was my um, trainer at the gym. He was a really good, he was a nice person, and um, I remember, like, just the whole process, like, I would just, I'm just like, you know, is this making sense? He would come to church with me, and like, you know, my religious side was like, he's just coming to church with me because it's just for me, and it's not for him, he doesn't want it for himself kind of thing, and, and I asked him, I was like, well, are you coming to church for yourself or for me? And he's like, it's both, and it was like the peace of the Lord settled on me, like, slow down, just chill out. I got this. I got this. Well, Diana, this guy, he gave his life to the Lord. It turns out, I found out later, he had been staring at the kingdom for, for a long time. He had buddies in high school that would take him to church all the time because his parents weren't Christians. And um, when his friends went away to college, he was by himself, so he didn't have anybody to go to church with. And so he gave his life to the Lord, and he's still active in the previous church that, that some of us came from. And wow. The Lord totally showed up. So flash forward. I'll tell you one more story, and then I, I promise I'll get on. But it, it's kind of funny, actually. I, I, okay, so the last guy I went out with, I had, I had been dealing with a lot of re- rejection issues. Because with those two boyfriends, I break up with them before they break up with me. So that was, that was the reason why I didn't stay with them. It wasn't anything that was their problem. I was always afraid that they would leave me. And so I told myself, this third guy, I'm not going to leave him. I don't care how bad it is. But he said one little thing, and that was, you know, I'm just afraid. We were involved in um, worship ministry, and we had our own singing group, and we'd go to different churches, and we'd sing. And he said something to me, and he said, and, and I've forgiven him. I bless him. Uh, so this is just for teaching purposes only. It's not to <laughs> blast him. But I, I remember he said, you know, I'm just afraid that there's going to be somebody in the group when you're not around, because I was in pharmacy school at the time, when you're not around, I'm just going to start liking them. And so that put that seed of fear in me that I'm going to totally get, I'm going to get rejected, I'm going to be abandoned, and that wheel just started turning, and I believed it. And that's all I kept thinking, and I started daydreaming about that stuff. And so what happened, and, and I understand that it's not just my thoughts. He was involved, he made the choice, but I actually empowered those thoughts and what happened is my actions showed it. And so I know, I've learned a little bit about men that, like, if you do things to push them away, 
they'll, they'll go away. <laughs> they'll go away. So anyways, um, all this to say, my thoughts about myself. I better believe what Jesus believes about me, and I'm going to live that way. Anyways, I hope somebody got ministered to somehow. But anyways. Oh, okay. Uh, moving on to emotions. Emotions. Susan mentioned this earlier, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. And so um, as you consider how you're going to walk out your dreams, one of the things um, the Lord really wants to, to show is, is to highlight some of the things that really make us passionate. Like what are some things that you can do all night long, not eat anything, but you're so passionate about? Like is it, is it playing the guitar? Is it like building Legos or, or drawing or painting or, or something? Like what is something that like sometimes your family is like looking out at the garage going, what are you doing? Because you're so passionate about it. And another thing is when you watch TV or you hear of stories, like what is it that gets your goat? What makes you mad? Because that may be an opportunity for you to release the justice of God. So for some people I know, it's the um, First Nations, the, the Native Americans. It really makes people mad. Something rises up in them, and they think they're crazy. They think they're hypersensitive, but really it's the Holy Spirit who makes that groan that we can't express. And so that's another invitation of the Lord is to just identify something that you're really passionate about. And um, he'd re- he reminded me that when I was a kid, um, my mom forced me to play piano. And I got to a point where I just couldn't play. I, it was like this obstacle. I, I was learning how to play, I think, Bach or something. And I was just like, uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Because you're moving one hand at a different time than the other hand. And I had tried so hard. I was sat at the bench for like two hours. And right around the two and a half hour mark, I heard this little man in my head. And it was like, you know what, let's just do one part. And so I would go back and do this one part. And then we'd do it over and over and over. And I must have rehearsed it at least like 100 times. And then he goes, okay, let, let's do the next part. And so I do the next part and do it like at least 100 times. And then he's like, okay, let's put it together. And so I try to play the whole piece. And I can hear him as he's coaching me, okay. You're coming up to the next part. Remember that part where you have to, like, use the fingering that they should. And what had happened was that I had a breakthrough. And I didn't realize it was the Lord. I thought it was just me. But coming to Blazing Fire, now I know it was the Holy Spirit. And right after that, I remember, like, I went to bed. And I could hear this piano concerto, like, playing over me as if heaven was trying to sing me a lullaby. And so something happens when you're really passionate about something. Um, you know, we can think of all sorts of people. Eric Little, who was this runner, um, uh, whoever saw Chariots of Fire, and one of the things he said was, when I run, I feel the Lord's pleasure. And so a good indicator of what you may be called to is how do you feel about like the, the thing that's most important to you? So as far as my actions go, with everything that we know from Scripture... We have the assurance that in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, so the, the main point we're trying to get across here is inability is not in the cards for you. 
And John Crowder has this saying that if, if you have dreams that you can actually attain on your own, they're probably not from God. Okay, so I'm just going to put it out there. Um, so I want to challenge you, what, what are some things that you can take, a simple step that can actually uh, move you towards your destiny and your dreams? Now I want to actually touch on a, a little point um, about um, just this response of like God, God will do it. I think sometimes people get your salvation and your destiny mixed up. Okay? So we know that our salvation, it's secure in the Lord. The blood of Christ did it already for us, right? We don't have to strive to be in a better position with how God sees us. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to inherit the kingdom. And so we can rest in those promises. But walking out our destiny in this life on earth, that is conditional. That is not sal- that's not your salvation. Salvation is free. Walking out your destin- destiny on this earth, it's going to involve you making a choice where you just take little steps. It doesn't have to be this huge leap, but if you actually consider, if you make little steps every single day towards that one or two things or, or the things that God puts on your plate that he wants you to accomplish, it becomes one big leap towards your destiny. Yeah. And so, yeah, salvation, free, des- your own destiny, you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to work for it. Not work for it in terms of strive, work towards it as in partner with God. So rest, resting does not mean passivity. Um, warriors fight from the place of victory, but the thing is warriors still have to fight. And a prophetic culture lives out of the vision for what's about to happen, but they still have to engage with what the Lord wants to do in the present so that what comes in the future is something that happens out of our actions with the Lord and our steps towards God. So the good news, that, so all that was not meant to give you a guilt trip. It was meant to inspire you. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I'll just stop right there. The good news is you're not going to do it alone because you have, wait, wait for it, Holy Spirit. Yay! We love Holy Spirit. Yay! Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you. We love you. I love you. We love you, Holy Spirit. And so... I've learned all these different things about Holy Spirit. He's your advocate, John 14, 26. He's your teacher. He's your ultimate mentor. Some of us, we, we've been wanting mentors and stuff because we get jealous when, like, people get mentored by, like, you know, Bob Jones. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. John 14, 26. Reminder. He's your reminder. He's going to remind you everything. He's your living post-it. 14, 20, John 14, 26. Power supply. And then it was funny because, like, I felt like the Holy, Holy Spirit said, I'm also your air supply. Remember that rock group? Air supply? Anyways, no pun intended. Um, Acts 1.8 provides, okay, here's the thing. Provides skill, intelligence, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Exodus 35.31. And God brought up um, this guy named Ben Carson, who's like a world-renowned neurosurgeon. He's a man of God. And um, anyways, just a little touch on that. He was freaking out. He was, he was studying chemistry. He studied his heart out. And he was freaked out because he wasn't ready. And he goes to bed as a dream of these things that are being written on the chalkboard. So he studies that stuff when he wakes up. He passes a test. And now he's a world-renowned neurosurgeon. Yeah. Anyways. So, yay, Holy Spirit. Okay, he's also, uh, he gives you spheres of influence and a flock to tend to. Some of you, you want favor. You have to let the Holy Spirit do that for you. Okay. Revealer of truth. 
He affirms your conscience when something's right or wrong, true or not. Um, he's the means by which we have righteousness, peace, and joy. Yeah. And he's freely given to God, uh, freely given by God to anyone who obeys him, Acts 5.32. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're promised the Holy Spirit um, if we continue to abide with the Lord in, in our choices for righteousness. And so going back to the core values, as I said, giving the Holy Spirit f- complete freedom to do whatever he wants applies to your whole life, and it's not limited to church life. And I actually want to say, too, that... Um, there are a lot of people that they're called to the other six mountains, and maybe the reason why you don't have open doors in the church is because maybe that's not your mountain. So, cover, oh, I'll say it again. So, I want to encourage you, like, you don't have to feel down about not having favor in the church. Like, maybe you're not best friends with some leaders or whatever, you know, because I used to get down about this, and the Holy Spirit was like, you know, you'd be fine singing your little church songs, but maybe I want to do something else. Like, it dawns on me. I'm like, oh. You want me to go outside the church. So government, education, family, media, arts, and business. Um, but some, the thing is some people, they've limited the Holy Spirit to just, he can have freedom here. Okay? But no, he can have freedom anywhere. And so we just want to let him out of the box. Um, kingdom of relationships. Okay, our other core values, seeing the treasures in one another and causing each other to soar into our destinies. Uh, what we've done with the women's group is we formed an accountability group, and every day, or every, every time we meet together, um, we encourage each other. We actually talk about our dreams. We talk about the things that are our talents, and we're not afraid, and we're not apologetic about what God's given to us. And um, Holy Spirit, I felt like, wanted me to touch upon this, that when we actually build one another up out of love, Ministry will be done out of love and friendship versus duty and reluctant obedience. Have you ever seen ministry groups where there's no friendship, they're just doing a task? That's not going to be this group. Not going to be this group. So I'm prophesying. Um, Partnering with God to change history. Um, The whole point of the take-home message is when we take steps towards our destiny and we partner with God, uh, a lot of it is based on how we think, how we feel, and then those actions actually come out of that deep well within us as far as like allowing the Holy Spirit to influence our thoughts and our emotions. So when you're able to do that, you are aware that prophetic culture, everything they do is a prophetic act, okay? And it's not limited to spiritual matters, um, Matthew 19, or 16, 19 says, God has given you the keys of the kingdom, but you still have to put the key in the door to open it. Um, and you can only change history when your own history with God changes. So what you experience, we want you to experience as much as you can in your destiny and the process so that you can actually impart that to us. So bring it, like bring it. Um, <laughs> partnering with God. So... Inquire the Lord what stage I'm at in pursuing my destiny or my dreams. Am I in the asking phase? Am I just in the stage of seeking, is this right or is this wrong? Is this word right or is this wrong? Am I really called to this? Or am I in the knocking stage? Okay, and one of the things also is to inquire the Lord where to reap and sow. Um, Where am I to apply my energies? Am I spending too much time on something that's not at this time your, your timing. 
Um, where is my harvest field? And I want to put this in, is it different from my vocation? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. I got a word saying that where I work was God's way of providing for me, but I wasn't going to be doing ministry there. And so that released me to stop feeling guilty that all my coworkers weren't saved yet with me. Anyways, um, what doors are open or closed to me? Where do I have favor? The doors that are open oftentimes is a clear indicator of, of where you're to um, spend your time and energy. Uh, is that it? Okay, and lastly, I have a list of different resources um, up there. Two of them are from Doug Addison, Valerie Greco we talked about. There's a book that um, Bill Johnson wrote, Dreaming with God. And I highly encourage anybody to, if they're thinking about which mountain they're, they're supposed to take, Lance Wall now has online courses called the 7M University or the 7 Mountain Ministry. Um, and I think that's about it. I wanted to give away this one last book called Cultivating Kingdom Creativity. And this is all about um, people in the arts and how God uses the arts. It's by Teresa Dedman from Bethel. And come here, Donna. We'll give it to Donna. <laughs> um, so that's it. Um, the Women of Destiny, um, uh, Women of Destiny, women, if they're here, we wanted to wrap up the time tonight, bless you, um, with just um, praying for you. If they get a prophetic word, they'll give you one. If they don't have one, like, don't go up to them and be like, give me a word, but whatever they feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do. But um, one of the things um, that I felt like the Holy Spirit um, also wanted is, I think sometimes at Blazing Fire, I just assume everybody already has received the Holy Spirit because without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to do any of this stuff. You are made to do the impossible, and the only way that happens is through Holy Spirit. So... Um, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, or if you don't know, we want to pray for that too. So just tell us whether or not you, you want to pray, have prayer for that as well. And, and I want to affirm you too that um, manifestation of the Holy Spirit, they're not limited to speaking in tongues. We already talked about the things that the Holy Spirit does. For, for many of you, it's going to be boldness. It'll be peace. It'll be joy. You'll get more revelation. But it's not limited to speaking in tongues. So if you don't speak in tongues tonight after you get prayed for, it doesn't mean that you don't have them. So just receive it in faith. We're going to bless you to do that because it, in Acts, it talks about believers that believe the word of God. And, and Peter and John had to actually Peter and James, I think, had to go and, and baptize them because they were only baptized in the name of Jesus, but they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. So we want to do that tonight. And thank you so much for putting up and sitting here for this long. And I bless your destiny. And I bless you with courage, courage to defy the odds and, and to even sow against your own offense about your limitations. Just sow into the greatness that God already sees in you. This is the first time I've heard such wisdom from someone with mouse ears on. This is, we've really been given a lot of wisdom. I just encourage you to, to, take, to take it in and let, let, the, let that wisdom transform you. And uh, if you don't want to come up for, for, for 